Welcome to Film Tweakers. Picaresque audio reviews of all of your favorite films. A Film Tweak is an extemporized commentary track that is intended to be synced with a Blu-ray, DVD, video stream, cable TV, etc. to enhance your personal viewing experience. Film Tweakers is a seasonal bi-weekly podcast. Please visit us at filmtweakers.com to hear more movies get tweaked, as well as to find other film-related amusements. Mark. Nice. I think we're getting better at that. If nothing else. Better at that and worse at everything that comes after it. Yeah, the last two were terrible. Of course, the movies were also awful, and no one's going to want to watch them. Also, nothing happened. Nothing really happened. We didn't discuss current events or uh, yeah. lifestyle choices or whatever, life events. Hmm. I don't need to discuss that, but I thought the, the Born Identity one was decent. Red Dawn was terrible because you, you spent the whole time trying to uh, humiliate me. I gave you what? Hell? Something like that. Ah. Yes, I'll get my notes out. Uh, I think last time was like totally neutered. We didn't have a single uh, thing to bleep. <laughs> Which is fine. I guess that would make it more smooth whenever it's time to mix them. I don't have to seek out things, but uh, maybe you can know. kick Which... kick this one off with something that you have to bleep out. Which what was that? I... Which one did I say? In. Uh, I don't know. I still need to check that one and see if it actually is offensive. Uh, yes. Unless you're referring are... to um someone from Mongolia, a Mongol. I guess they're Mongols, though not. There, there are no Mongols anymore. There are people from Mongolia called Mongolians. There is no such thing as a. That's why I don't. I'm not sure who it's supposed to be offensive to. Uh. The last, the place that I've seen is, like, on a chart of the world's races from, like, the 40s or something, the 1940s. Yeah, I wasn't around back then, so that doesn't apply to me. So you can say anything that was offensive in 1940 and it would be okay now? No, I I did not believe then or now that there is a race of people called So I see. It'd be like calling someone a Morlock. What if... Never mind. Do you find that offensive? Because, well, there was a Morlock race in a fictional children's book in 1781. <laughs> Do I need to bleep out Morlock now? No, I'm just trying to figure out why if someone believed it at one time, I, it's quite possible that there's no such thing now, but you can't say that if you had it existed at that time, you would not have believed that there was such a thing. Well, I'm glad that's settled. Speaking of Morlocks, uh... Well, shit, I... I feel weird telling stories about people who we don't know. Oh. I'd rather hear, you know... 
us talk shit about Deshaun or okay or because they know it's in good fun and they know who we are but why don't whatever story you are about to tell just say it was Deshaun Deshaun was complaining earlier uh, about how he went to see that Wes Anderson movie um, that's out now it's about a hotel Grand Budapest Hotel and he had a hard time uh, getting into it because, like, the lead sympathetic character is Voldemort from Harry Potter. Okay. Do you mean the actor who played him or the actual The actor who shall remain unnamed for the time being. The actor... Okay, in the Harry Potter series, there's a character called Voldemort who I take it as the bad guy. Yes, I'm aware of that. In the film trilogy, that actor is played by the same character who is the good guy in this Wes Anderson flick. Yes. And since, much like I always think Tom Berenger is an asshole and Willem Dafoe is a hero because of Latoon, I guess this person thought Ray Fiennes was such an evil, Voldemort such an evil guy that Ray Fiennes could never be uh, viewed in a good light in any film. Okay. But Deshaun did not know who Ray Fiennes was. He just kept <laughs> calling him Voldemort and called him the actor as though Ray Fiennes is not known for anything else. Like playing the fucking lead Nazi in uh Yeah, I was Schindler's thinking list. he's probably not known for much other stuff that would make you sympathetic to him. I would think that being the Schindler's List Nazi who like shoots people who walk too slow is more evil than the bad guy in a Harry Potter book. Yeah. So to think that that's what ruined him for you. Yeah. I thought was odd. Well, that's not surprising knowing what I know about Deshaun and his views. I believe also he won an Oscar for his portrayal of Goth or whatever the guy's name was in, uh, Schindler's List. It's not Gotha. Something similar. Vortex. Goth. <laughs> Goth. Anoth. Yeah, just keep saying words. Trying to come up Since with Since I don't name. know what it is, I won't be able to stop you, so maybe we should start the movie and you just keep saying words. Anoth. Toth. Toth? Toth. He, uh... I'm not going to see that movie. The one that you're talking about, the Wes Anderson movie. I still would like to see Schindler's List. I haven't seen that. Which one are you not going to see? The Wes Anderson movie. Oh, I have no clue what his name is in that one. I uh, don't watch Wes Anderson movies anymore. What's your hang-up? That he has, like, devolved into self-parody. Uh-huh. After... Rushmore, every film, like if you had, <laughs> if you were to give it a letter grade, every film was just one letter grade lower as his career, quote, advances, quote, mm. the timeline of his career advances, I should say, uh, with the exception of the one about the Fox, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh-huh. I enjoy that movie. Have you seen all of them up to this current one? But it is not a Wes Anderson film, I don't think. I mean, it. 
he gets credit for directing it, but I don't think he's responsible for it. I have not seen the latest one. One with Bruce Willis. I saw the one and Ed Norton in a fucking Boy Scout uniform. Oh, that was that was terrible. Yeah, oh, you saw that. That was the last one I saw. That was F. So if that's an F, then the one with the train is a D. Uh huh. And then whatever the one before that was would have been a C. So this one that just came out is what like no credit or withdraw or something. Yeah. <laughs> w. Yeah. Cre- credit minus <laughs> incomplete. Incomplete means that you still have an opportunity to redeem yourself, so it should be no credit. What happens when you get expelled? I guess that's no credit. Or I guess it also doesn't matter because your GPA isn't going to get you out of jail. Our biggest fan, who happens to be one of the casters on the uh, Terrible Mistakes podcast, is not going to enjoy hearing this bit because he adores... Wes Anderson. Yeah, I don't understand that. He also adores Stanley Kubrick's work and Albert Camus, the writer. Albert Camus. To your fave, so it's weird that you do not like Wes Anderson. Yeah, I guess I guess that is weird. I haven't read much Camus, to be honest. I thought you were a fan. Oh no, it's uh Kafka you're the fan of, I'm sorry. I have. I've read the same book that... I mean Kafka. That Jeff has read. Uh, Jesse Pinkman said Kafka, so uh, I guess I would pronounce it that way. That was the first time I had ever heard it aloud. George O'Keefe, I think you're thinking of, not Kafka. It's he pronounced said, O'Keefe. He said Kafka-esque at one point, because I think <laughs> he, he had heard someone else say it. Yeah. I think he was referring to a book as being Kafkaesque. Oh, really? Yeah. He wasn't referring to being chained up in an area way outside of a Nazi compound. That was probably afterwards. I think he no longer had any dialogue once he was chained <laughs> up in a basement. Uh, the Kafkaesque thing was probably when he was at rehab. That's the only time he ever spoke to anyone who wasn't Walt... Or Jane, rest in peace. He talked to uh, Badger and Skinny Pete and Combo. And Mike. Armin Trout. Uh, huh. Maybe he was talking about Saul Goodman. Huel. Huel. Did they ever speak? Did Huel ever speak? Cross paths? Oh, those two? Uh, they oh, definitely yeah, crossed paths. He stole, he stole, stole his, cigarette. uh, his cigarettes. And then, uh, I guess they talked about books later. Huel, Huel referred to, uh, the trial as Kafkaesque. Which trial? The book by Kafkaesque? Yes. Not a trial that he was being defended in by Better Call Saul. Saul Goodman. I guess that uh, spinoff show is not going to happen, which is good. I think that's the smart smart uh, play. I know you haven't looked. Th- I know you haven't used the internet since Christmas of last year, but I still hear rumblings oh, really? about it. Oh, okay. 
have they found that plane yet? It's a, uh, apparently it's going to be a prequel, so there's a chance that you'll have Mike show up and yeah, Walt. Probably not Dean Norris. He said he didn't want any part of it. Or Gus Fring. Gus Fring could be in it too. Yeah, I think if they bring in too many of them, it's just going to be a Breaking Bad prequel instead of a Saul show. Yeah, well, nobody wants to see a Saul show, so I guess what I'm hoping it would be is... I don't want to see any of it, honestly. Well, I wouldn't watch it. They already made Breaking Bad, and that's the show I enjoyed. Anything anything else that has the same brand or name on it is going to be a different thing. Not interested. Speaking of T E E V E E, uh, we are my part partner and I are one episode away from finishing True Detective. We have seen seven of the eight. Yeah, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, I I have to admit that I'm not like overly gripped or engaged. Don't know why. I I like it very much, but I'm not like hanging by a thread to find out what happens, really. Oh yeah, a lot of people were enthralled with that show. I think things well, like all not about movies, but all TV shows. I think now any serial thing with the internet makes it like a full time job, you know, because. You watch a show, you discuss it all week long with whoever. Huh. Uh, and I think, like, after BB is over, and there's no Mad Men, and there's no uh, Game of Thrones, or whatever. I don't know what other shows people try to dissect, but it was, like, the only thing that was on. So everyone that usually obsesses about whatever show, that usually run concurrently, this time it was, like, the only thing out there, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, in a couple weeks, I think Mad Men comes back and uh, Game of Thrones shows that they all all run in the spring and into summer. This one was a weird, like, uh, wintertime thing. Mm-hmm. Those people were obsessed over that as the whole filled a void in their life. I guess those same people, that's why they were comfortable. Oh, no, you said it did not stop for the Olympics. It was Archer that stopped for the Olympics. So those Yeah, TD went, TD went up against the Olympics to its credit. Archer stopped. Uh, I don't know what else stopped because I don't know what else is on. Probably everything. Well, I'm enjoying it. I just, I don't, I'm not like desperate to see the last one. It's not like with Breaking Bad where I was afraid I was going to die before the final series of episodes came back. This one, I'd I'd be okay if I died. I guess I wouldn't know, because I'd... I'm not sure you know when you die. I'm pretty sure that if you're dead, you will no longer consider whether or not you can see you've seen the end of Breaking Bad. Yeah. As far as you know, you did. No more time for regret. I regret it when I'm alive. But at that point, I still have hope that I will get to see it. So, I think they call that a catch. 69. 65. 
Fuck it. You lost me. You lost me. It's a literary reference. Probably went over your head. There is no doubt a thing I'm going to want to see happen in the future. Uh-huh. I might die before it happens. But as far as we know, I've already died <laughs> before it happened. I don't think that's but, what I'm saying. Wait, are you saying as far as we know, you're dead already? Right now? Yes. Huh. Yeah. Well, what does that make me? Well, like, whatever happens in your life isn't going to be a memory or, like, a projection of your own future at the moment of your death. It only happens as it's happening. So, as far as I know, I'm already dead at that point. Well, here's here's the deal, then. I, If I had died before Breaking Bad, you would have felt regret. Well, hypothetically, if you could feel regret, you would feel regret that... I had not gotten to see it. And likewise, if you die before the space elevator, whatever goes into space, <clears throat> I will be sad that you didn't get to see it. Hypothetically. Yeah, maybe someday when they build one, you can say it's too bad Roscoe's not here to see this. That's all he wanted to live for. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Similarly, if I ever am given a architecture tour of Florida and we stop at the uh, fort <laughs> to show like the class or the tourist the fort addition your mom or sister will come out and say uh, hey did you hear that Amsterdam died <laughs> I say shit that's a shame uh, because he never saw the end of True Detective and I'm sure they'll agree that that's why it's a shame what I'm telling you though <clears throat> not that your kids are destitute is that I I don't really care if I die before True Detective ends. Or before Dexter ends, then. Whatever you're... That, that would, I probably would have been better off if I had died before that. American Horror Story? Man, I don't watch that. What else? What else is there that's still running? I don't even know. I think once... Uh, the no, Walking there's Archer... Dead. Archer... And Mad Men are the only two shows on my horizon. So once they're over, I'm never going to have to fucking watch TV again. I can't wait. Sounds good. I'll hold you to it. This whole second second golden age of TV has ruined me. <laughs> <laughs> Having hated TV for half my life, then like there's a period of, I don't know, eight years where there's ten great shows. Once uh, Mad Men and Archer's over, I can never download another file legally. Although I have heard about a speaking of a, sim- a similar show, a AMC show that's uh, supposed to be set in the American Revolution about like the Culper Ring. I am very curious about that, but I maybe I'll forget that I want to see it before it airs, and I'll never watch it. Hmm. The Culper Ring was like some spy network in the American Revolution. Okay. And AMC has made good shows in the past, so it seems like it would be interesting and fun, but I don't know. Maybe if it was a miniseries like TV, I don't want to watch it for 10 years. Anyway, 
Sir, what's cool gonna... about that? What's cool about that ring is like to this day nobody knows who the members of the network were. Everyone was like anonymous, had code words, you know. Huh. Was that Publius? Like to uh spy on the British to tell Washington. He didn't want to know who they were because if he even he knew like well if I get captured, they'll find out who the ring is. So even I don't want to know who they are. Uh and as a result, like obviously they've all died and they found out who some of the people were after they were dead like in letters. You know, so and so's had a box in his house. Holy shit, this guy was in that spy ring a hundred years ago. Anyway, uh, some of them are still just known by numbers. They don't even know if they're male or female or anything. I think that's neat, but I don't know if I want to watch a show for ten years about it. Yeah, like Roscoe, Publius, Amsterdam. Someday those guys will be dead and they'll wonder who they were based on these recordings when they're playing them back on a tape somewhere in the future. Huh? (laughs) Someday we're going to be dead and people will be listening to these tweaks and wonder who Roscoe and Amsterdam and Deshaun were when they're trying to reconstruct the tapes or the digital files. Did you ever think that we might already be dead and someone already isn't caring that we had recorded have, these? Have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> what? Yeah. That whole life, your life flashes before your eyes when you mm-hmm. die could be happening right now for you. This could be the flash. Really? At this moment, your truck is ramming a concrete abutment <laughs> on, like, Interstate 5 uh-huh. in San Diego after visiting my house down there. Okay. And your life is flashing before your eyes at this very second. Hope it was worth it. Yeah, this this moment is really fantastic to be reliving. Well, this was your idea. Uh, I can even quote you. Are we tweaking today? It's Sunday. It's Sunday afternoon. Weather's nice. Are we gonna sit in the house and tweak? It's not and nice you don't here. Get to have any snacks? It fucking snowed here last night. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed, to, we're supposed to have a, a quote nor'easter uh, this week uh-huh. here in San Diego. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh I didn't even know it was supposed to. I just woke up this morning and looked out the window at my neighbor's roof, and it was white. This and is bullshit. It didn't surprise me for some reason, because I've been looking out the window at a white roof for so long now. And then it dawned on me that it's more than halfway through March. And, yeah. Uh, it snowed here on uh, St. Patrick's Day, which was, I don't know, five days ago? Also, which is surprising, because last night I was walking over to... Here we go. What? Where are we going? Where are we going? I don't know. That's what I'm looking forward to hearing. I, I had Either to walk the through... true story or the fictional story you're about to tell is going to be... I was walking to a local restaurant and I had to walk through like the college campus outskirts where all the frat houses are, and okay. there were assholes still in green shirts... 
and like green hats and green beads rolling around on the sidewalk screaming and hollering music playing uh to celebrate St. Patrick's Day which already has passed this is the weekend we, after St. Patrick's Day aren't we closer to something else at this point that's <laughs> worth getting drunk over like basketball Easter uh Easter. The, the summer summer solstice yeah maybe it was the first day of spring that was that was what Thursday Thursday morning uh, yeah, so this was happening on the 22nd. Hmm. Clearly Maybe these same was... dumbasses were going to be drunk this weekend anyway, as they have been for the past three weekends. It probably will be for the next ten weekends. Yeah. But why they still have to drape it in the trappings of St. Patrick's Day to legitimize it, it makes yeah. it more, it makes it, it makes it less legitimate, in my opinion. Anyone who celebrates St. Patrick's Day is an asshole and an idiot. Fact. No argument. It's not even a real holiday. Well, as we said, I think this was recorded already. There's no such thing as a real holiday. Except for winter and summer solstice. But I, I think, think we already perfect, talked about uh, that. A perfect segue into the <clears throat> beginning of this tweak. Yes. Uh, so, you know, one thing that is nice about this is based on the setting of the movie, I think it's ideal that we are locking ourselves inside on a uh, weekend afternoon to watch it. Seems appropriate to me. <laughs> Yeah, well, if I wasn't sitting indoors tweaking this in the middle of a weekend day, I wasn't going to be outside anyhow uh, with those people. I already tried this morning. I tried uh, to go sit outside because it's very sunny here, but it's also like 20 degrees. I thought I would give it a shot. <clears throat> it didn't work. Yeah, I need you. I need you to remind me again why anyone would go to a fucking coffee shop. I made the mistake again today. I'm never going to learn. I'm never going to learn that I hate it. There was a guy who seemed like he belonged in one of your novels. He was definitely a Halston character. Uh, Halston at the local cafe today. Everything he said it did like, he learned from watching someone else do it or watching it a show. He definitely was performing. Huh. This is what a gregarious guy does. Anyway. <laughs> hopefully a car ran him over when he left the house, when he left the uh, cafe. He was sandwiched in between a bumper and an abutment. Or he That w- is a good novel, novel or title. An electrocuted. Between a, between a bumper and an abutment. The story of <laughs> the douchebag Isn't from Grindcore. The story I of think, Wild uh, Cocker. J.G. Ballard already wrote something like that about a guy who wrecked his car into a ditch and couldn't get out of the ditch. And he just hung out in the ditch for the whole book. Then someone drove by through an apple core into his carapace. Ah. <laughs> 
sounds like Kafkaesque to be stuck in a ditch like that. <clears throat> Catch-22. Catch Kafka. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. Uh, so where are we pausing this? Do you know what the actual catch is? Oh yeah, I'll ask you that after we start. No, I've I've never read the book or seen the movie, so I don't know what it is. It's a good segue. Uh, welcome, Tweet Cards, to and I believe I have this correct. Let me just double check my notes. Welcome, Tweet Cards, to episode nineteen. Jesus H of Film Tweakers. Cheesy Pete's. Also known as SO2EO3 of Film Tweakers. If you're for you downloading down- it from Torrent. Are you downloaders out there? You pirates. You pirate piracy. Piracy users? Pirate. Or if you're trying to write a review of it for BuzzFeed. I don't know what what's a web page called. Puffington Post. Oh, like Drudge Report or Arc, Huffington, Arc Huff, HuffPo? For all you losers out there on HuffPo, this is Season 2, Episode 3, SO2EO3. Oh, the vo- uh, Vulture? No, Variety. Variety? The Atlantic. The Atlantic. The Daily Beast. Uh, Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Oh, dot com. A 1985 film by previous... Tweak, Tweaky, John Hughes. Hmm. Mr. Mom? Mr. Mom. He didn't direct Mr. Mom, though, did he? Uh, no. I think he, he just wrote it. Um. He was 35 when he wrote, directed, and produced The Breakfast Club. FYI. Huh. That doesn't make <laughs> me feel so bad, actually. No, but also it wasn't the first thing he did. Since I'm only and 37. It <laughs> and it wasn't the last thing. After this, he went on to do... Oh, well, he also did Weird Science the same year and European Vacation the same year. Oh, Jesus. Well, that after uh, after writing Mr. Mom, the other two. Vacation, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, all right, European all right. Vacation, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller. Some kind of wonderful planes, trains, and automobiles. She's having a baby. The Great Outdoors. Uncle Buck. Christmas Vacation. Home Alone. Jesus. Then he... You're not on the internet, are you? I'm just reading these from memory. And then 20 more movies before killing himself. At like the age of 40. Interesting. Yeah, this is breakfast. the Breakfast Club. Did you know that he took his own life... Out of regret yeah. for not casting any African Americans in his movies, he realized uh, what a whitewashing racist bastard he was. Is that true? And that he had had a mullet for far too many years of his life. Is it true that there's no black people in his movies? There's none in this one. Not in, I would imagine, never in a role. Like, in Ferris Bueller, there's people of color, but they're stealing his fucking car. <laughs> same same deal in Vacation. The fucking guys in Detroit or whatever who were stealing his hubcaps. Oh, that's right. And Weird Science. Weird Science, there's a ton of black guys in one of the scenes, but it is very... I think we should tweak it just to have that scene. It's very uncomfortable to watch now. 
Oh, yeah. Anthony Michael Hall does this, like, blackface interpretation of the guys he's with. Okay. And I don't know why the guy, the actors didn't just beat the hell out of him in real life <laughs> and in the movie. Like either way, like I would think that if he gone had gone to a bar and did that, he would have had his ass kicked. So why it wasn't written that way? The writer should have killed himself, and he did to the benefit of all the rest of us. Anthony Anthony Michael Hall, star of The Breakfast Club. He could have done it earlier if he realized that the rest of the world would not regret him not having made Curly Sue. I don't know. That was after my time. I've never seen it, but I'm pretty sure that was one of his movies. Movies starring a child where the fucking child is on the poster are terrible. Example. My Girl, Home Alone. Home Alone, there's one. I don't know if I've seen a poster for the other things you've mentioned. Uh, I would imagine it's those people on the poster, the fucking big heads of those people. Yeah, I wasn't sure Curly Sue was about a child. Uh, Or the other one you just said? My Girl. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a... I think that's also Macaulay Culkin. I think he gets killed by bees or something. He gets stung to death by bees. Or am I thinking of Candyman 2? Or 3. We should probably start this movie. All this stuff would be would be better served not being ignored. Are you paused anywhere? I am paused right after the universal whatever planet with rings around it disappears. What planet is that supposed to be? Uranus? Where's the David Bowie quote? Okay, it says <laughs> universal? Yeah, I'm I'm in the black right after When it, it fades? Yes, when it's completely gone. Okay. Now is the time to sync your movie with this tweak so that you can hear our commentary at the appropriate points of the film. Go ahead and begin playing your movie. Let the movie roll past the Universal Pictures logo. As soon as you see the Universal Planet logo thing fade to black, hit pause on your media player. Return to this tweak and listen for us to count down from three. When we say the word play, unpause your movie and you should be in sync with us. Get ready. Three, two, one, play. play. All right. A.N. Films Channel right. production. John Hughes, age 35. Jesus. Yeah, but his life was nine-thirds, nine-tenths over at this point. Starring their Brat Pack, except for Paul Gleason. Is that the principal? I guess he's the only other person in the movie, so unless he's one of their parents. Some of the parents in the car. Or the janitor. One of the parents is Edward James almost, but he's not credited. Hmm. Um, yeah, this is the Oreo Brat Pack, the real deal. Not the uh, Hydrox 
Brat Pack as featured in Red Dawn. Uh, <clears throat> there are other people in it. Wouldn't, like, <clears throat> less than zero cast or something, or... Well, there was... Andrew McCarthy was a Brat Packer. He wasn't less than zero. I guess he was in Pretty That's not pink. a Brat Pack movie. The other Brat Pack film is St. Elmo's Fire, ah, which has so some, of the, some of these people. Rob Lowe was in that? Is that Demi right? Moore, Andrew McCarthy... Then there's like a secondary. David Bowie. I don't think any of these kids listen to David Bowie. This is before his renaissance. Uh, I don't know if that's that true. This would that have been... glass shattering yeah. is the uh, worst point of the film. That is like the opening of Friday the 13th part 3, I think. Or two. This picture of the school? No, the shattering title screen or pre-title screen, post-title screen. Uh, Chekhov's locker. Starring Anthony Michael Hall from Weird Science. The woman from Sixteen Candles, uh, Charlie Sheen's brother, Judd Hirsch, Judd and Hirsch, Ali Sheedy, A plus. Do you think John Hughes put that in there as social commentary or because he just thought it would be funny to write the word fag on a locker? No, uh, he, in, uh, what's it called? Weird Science. Someone's called fag like every 30 seconds. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Knowing what we know today that he's an asshole. Yeah. This is uh, the director's cut. The mom calls him a fag as well. Oh, really? Yeah. And so does the daughter. So you're saying if it was up to John Hughes, any pronoun that anybody used should have been replaced with that word? The fact that, like, Emilio Estevez doesn't punch his dad in the face right now. John Hughes called him a fag. <laughs> but it's not in the script. Still. That's Chip's car, by the way. Nice. Whose car? Chip used to drive a Bronco. Oh, I thought you meant this blue Cadillac thing with a weird sports trunk. I could, is that one of those trucks with, yeah, it's got the tire in the back of it? Vertically. The 
This is not a real library, FYI. Oh, really? They built this for the film. It's rather alto At this point, this intro, uh, you can tell he's going to try too hard for the rest of the film. Who, Judd Hirsch? Yeah. He's overcompensating. Yeah, he's very insecure. If only uh, Anthony think... Michael Hall could see that. If only I could go back to junior high and know that Phil Stubblefield or Conrad... What was that fat guy Conrad's name who pushed me into a locker? <laughs> or asked me if I got clear a sill for Christmas? If only he... If only I knew how insecure he actually was. It's funny, uh... I was telling my student the same thing uh, yesterday. She has a child who was being picked on by other girls, and I mentioned that they were compensating for their own insecurities. Yeah. <laughs> and I would know because I have kids. The other day I was uh, waiting to pick my partner up from the airport and I went to a bookstore and was sitting in the bookstore uh, looking. It was the uh, King King Crichton. (laughs) King Crichton. Who else? Custer. Do you have anything by Robert Ludlow? Do you have any Robert Ludlow? (laughs) Uh, No, in fact, this one would have been called uh, whatever, Crichton and Ringwald because there was a novel by Molly Ringwald on the shelves. And here I was thinking she was an imbecile. She's got what was her she's got text about? Vaccin- uh, vaccinations or something? Uh, <laughs> I got as far as seeing the subtitle, which was a novel in stories. I don't remember oh. what the title title was. I seem to recall her writing a book. I thought it was not fictional. I thought it was like a self-help book for people with kids that have Down syndrome or ADD or drug addiction or something. Hmm. Who the fuck is Barry Manilow? Who would have even known then? It was like an odd reference, much like referencing Bowie. Uh, David Bowie. Uh, he's going to say something about the sculpture by Henry Moore behind him in a minute. <laughs> don't y'all hate Henry Moore? I don't understand his work. This is so backwards. Wait, what do you mean? This movie's playing in reverse? That they're looking at her like she's the problem. And not the best one there. Ah. You mean in terms of her appearance? Or as a human being?
no one would do that either. Especially not in detention. Has he never seen a pen before? He can't help it. He's a dweeb. Did I ever tell you about seeing Anthony Michael Hall in Los Angeles? You saw who? Paul I Stanley? Saw, I saw Anthony Michael Hall outside of Jamba Juice in uh, Marina Del Rey. He, uh, I believe it. He went in there, uh, I think I was there with Sean Michael Finn, probably, and uh, we got our beverages, and I think we are sitting outside or something, and Anthony Michael Hall comes by, and of course he doesn't look like that anymore. He looks He's like a grown man. jacked, isn't he? Yeah. He looks like looks he's like carrot top. Trying to, <laughs> he huh? is. He learned a lesson from this movie in trying to overcompensate for what people believe you to be. So huh. he got his drink and he stood on the sidewalk, like in front of his car, for a long fucking time, just standing there by himself, drinking his drink. It seemed <laughs> like he was. Hoping someone would say, hey, aren't you Anthony Michael Hall? When I saw Nicolas Cage out getting a burrito, he couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there. Because he didn't want people to see that he didn't have an ass. But Anthony Michael Hall seemed like he was desperate for someone to notice him. Of course... Realizing now, this is 1985, so when I saw Anthony Michael Hall, he was closer to having been in The Breakfast Club ah. than I am to having seen him at Jamba Juice right now. That's fucking weird. Yeah, so your fond memory of seeing him, to him, Breakfast Club was just as fresh exactly. as your memory is of him seeing that. So, exactly. what year was this have been? What I've been doing that year. That was what year was this? Like ninety nine. Ninety nine. Oh, that was uh, when we were still in the old building. Correct. Yeah, I remember giving a beef injection to two chicks in the dome after Fridays at five. So huh. that memory is as fond to me and as fresh to me as Judd Hirsch eating Molly Ringwald's panties was to him <laughs> in 1999. Did he say eat? Something about her, quote, panties, quote. Uh, I'm not really listening to it, unfortunately. I think I'm quoting from memory. Ah. Uh. I've seen this before. You mess with the bull, you're going to get the horns. That's all I remember. Yeah. I remember the uh, pixie sticks she has with her cereal sandwich. Judd, Judd Hirsch here. Mm-hmm. Would have annoyed the shit out of me back then, as he does now. He's the worst. 
I mean both a real guy in school and the guy in the film. It's an odd film that makes you root for the jock and the princess. Because they're also the worst. The janitor? The janitor is the only person in this movie I can relate to. (laughs) Oh, that's, uh... That's that Ben guy. He's famous now. What Ben guy? Is it not? Say what? I if anything, I would have been rooting for Anthony Michael Hall and uh Ali Sheedy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm also rooting for them now, so I think as a child I would have or a tween, I might have been rooting for them. Maybe up until age thirty. After thirty it's all the janitor for me. Why can't the movie be about the janitor? It is. For me, the movie is about the janitor. I would have been the librarian who who went to work on Monday and couldn't find the cards that uh, (laughs) he stole. And it ruined my whole day. Even in the, uh, the opening sequence, before they showed any one of these fucking twerps, they showed the picture of the janitor in the trophy case. So... In reality, what, as a high as a high school kid, yeah, it was that man of the year plaque. It had the janitor's uh, picture right in the middle of it. It was sort of a uh, prologue, a spiritual prologue. It would have been better if the janitor was like his photograph as a teen on the wrestling team or something in the case. Well, it was, I think it was a high school picture. I'm not sure. Whatever it was, it was such that you would not have recognized it as important the first time you saw it. It's more of a way homer. Chekhov's trophy case? Yes. <laughs> would have worked better if they'd introduced him first because I don't remember that case at all. I've probably seen the case four times now. This hallway, by the way, is a green screen. (laughs) They didn't actually build this hall. Really? It's all CG. Did he uh, melt the fusible link on that hold-open door? He melted it through friction? Friction. Friction causes heat. Heat melts steel. So he rubbed his hand under it or something? (laughs) Who knows why doors open and close? That principal's got a big chip on his little shoulder. Maybe I identify with him. 
Yeah. He's just trying to do his fucking job. Uh-huh. And you know what what shits teenagers are. If anyone's being reasonable in the show, it's the principal. Interesting. Wait, does he strike someone later? I'm sorry? Uh, I think so. And then he goes into his office and cries and shoots up. This this uh this is pretty good. I respond to physical comedy. Nice. I think there's probably ways around that. Oh, also that he calls on the jock to help him do the strong man work. Judd Hirsch wears uh, fingerless gloves. <laughs> I guess that's who you would have been. Fingerless gloves. He's wearing fingerless gloves indoors. I'm an amalgam of all these people. Indoors. In a climatized environment. This appears to be like weightlifting gloves or something, though. Or motorcycle gloves. I need a closer look. (laughs) What kind of gloves? What? They're like weightlifting gloves. They're not like gloves for warmth. Yeah, see how they're fucking mesh? I'm sure he doesn't lift weights. Why else would you have fingerless gloves? Why else? Uh, Because it's 40 degrees at your desk and you're trying to do AutoCAD. Yeah, then you'd (laughs) want fingers. Your fingers warm as well, would you not? It's difficult to do AutoCAD. I guess if you want to do the bull by the horns, you need to have two. A quarter inch of fabric around your fingertips. I don't think anyone's ever done AutoCAD in a 40 degree environment. Uh, It was pretty cold. uh, The principal could use them right now because he's sticking his fingers out. Oh, he's, okay. I was wondering if the principal was counting. There, right there, he could use them. Anthony Michael Hall's counting. What do you (laughs) <laughs> Why would he do that? Do you think no, John Hughes... No, the symbol. You'd need fingerless gloves for that. You think John Hughes told him to do that? Typically, when I do two, it's my pointer finger and my middle finger. Well, no, that won't work. It'll be more memorable if you use your pinky and your pointer finger. No one will ever forget it. Did he just throw his voice? Here's a question. He couldn't get that door to stay open because he took the little screw out or whatever, and it was a big, like, ten-minute scene. Yeah. Why didn't he think to open the other door? 
I guess this movie's not about the guy who knew there was two doors. Exactly. No one would do this either. How long are they there? Eight hours? Oh, interesting. I remember there being what, a... What, him? Uh, jack... Yeah, jack-off scene. Jacking off? That's what his fingerless gloves are for. Putting out shoe fires. That would have been me, the uh, tortured artist as a young man. Drawing a covered bridge. <laughs> like she draws horses. If I knew I was going to make it a snow scene, I would have drawn a Yeti or something. Yeah, why didn't she draw a skeleton, like drinking blood out of a skull or something? Or a guy with an axe? Hey, let me let me ask you something. Uh, I heard from a, a, a friend here in Salina yeah. last night that, you know, there's the Yeti and the Sasquatch that you told me about with the tennis ball penis. Have you ever heard of the... Well, the head. Yeah. The Sasquatch of the Everglades? called the skunk ape have not skunk it sounds ape. sounds made up well so are the other two aren't they well someone made up the names after discovering the creatures hmm that'd be you right there your book being torn in half by a guy with fingerless gloves the Wait, first I'm, edition of Platts being I'm ripped the to shreds. the book or the guy? That's someone from my You're the author whose book is being my book desec- you're des- desecrated. I would imagine whoever wrote that is dead. You would have been Moliere. Sorry, Moliere. He's dead now. Of course, so are two of these five actors. Uh, by their own, yeah, by their own hand. Judd Maybe that's Ab- why Judd Anthony Michael Hall dead. was standing on the corner, so no one would think he killed himself. <laughs> hey, what didn't uh, one of the Corys kill himself? Uh, Corey Haim is dead. I guess any time oh, yeah, someone a- overdoses, you could describe it as being suicide. So yeah, he he is another uh, Tweak alumni. Yeah, I guess that was a text-based tweak, wasn't it? I would be one of the... I would be the librarian who had to come in on Monday and reorganize the card catalog because Judd Hirsch had randomly inserted cards throughout the deck. I think it might be, actually, that in six months, when someone realizes that the cards are out of place, you have to go back and (laughs) fix it. But nobody knows why. We should come up with a name for things like that, uh, for tweaks. Anyone watching this film today, a student perhaps, would not know what Judd Hirsch is fucking with. What is a card catalog? An anachron- an anachronism? Or no, that's uh, 
something like if a stagecoach dropped one of these people off, that would be an anachronism. Or when Shakespeare says, let me check my watch in ancient Rome, I think is an anachronism. What time is it? And Caesar looks, Caesar looks at his watch and says noon. Huh. Was that in the Baz Luhrmann version? I think that's when, that's when Caesar had his cameo in Romeo and Juliet. This uh, is the only time... The only time I don't. This is the only time I don't hate Emilio Estevez. Ever. No, in this film. <laughs> uh I do not hate him for the entirety of Repo Man. So you're saying you want a name for something <coughs> that people don't recognize anymore because it's outmoded or outdated. Yeah, but something that has like a featured appearance. I mean, like if there was a cannonball in the background, someone might not recognize eh, Like a globe. There's a globe over there. Yeah. No one uses globes anymore, but I wouldn't call it a featured uh, prop or a feature of the scene. It's just an old thing that's back there somewhere. Mm-hmm. You don't understand the significance of it. But when he is fucking with a card catalog, why is that important? I don't know what the, what, he, what it's for. I would assume there is a word for something like that. A- Apocrypha? No. I guess it is an anachronism in the time that you're watching it. So, like, my nephew watching it, it is anachronistic to him because he's watching it in 2014 and he doesn't know what a card catalog is. If he thinks it's happening right now. Yes. But I'm sure that when I, in 1999, when I watched Main Streets, Mm -hmm. I knew it wasn't happening that week. What about in 2013 when you watched Terminator and it said tonight at the beginning? (laughs) Tonight, Wednesday, June 8th, 2014. (laughs) That really messed with your your mind, I guess, since you seem to think that movies are Uh, set in the present. Chekhov's, Chekhov's Billy Idol song considering Molly Ringwald was married to Billy Idol for 18 months. Really? Uh, Not now. That's gross. And not at the time of this film, but she married him later. Hmm. Wait, didn't she marry uh, the director? John Hughes? Yeah. I have no idea. She did. I'm more sure that I'm more sure that she did than I am that she did not. Based on his apparent sleaziness, I would assume that he was at least slipping it to her. Does he have a gray streak in his hair? I think it's called frosted. Oh, it's not like a Whatever. Susan Sontag or something. Two hits. 
That is a pathetic uh-huh. threat. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the uh-huh. right way to react to this. Yeah, then he does this shit. He can threat whoever he likes. Yeah, wrestling been, someone that, is stupid. All you have to do is say, okay, dude, it's over, and then you knock him out. It's not like you can actually been, hurt someone by wrestling them. He could have broken his spine. I don't think so. Or pulled his fingers off. Look how scared scared Judd Hirsch is. Clearly it worked. Just needed some space to have his dramatic. That knife isn't going to kill anyone. Switchblade. I bet you could kill. Unless him. you could. It would take like someone. an hour. Oh, you stick him in the neck. Yeah, I guess you could stab him in the stomach, and the knife's dirty. He gets sepsis, and he dies in six months. No, if you stab him in, in the an... heart, or here we go. Here's me, or stab him in the. The jugular, or in the thigh, in the carotid artery. Isn't that John, John Paul Victor, or whatever his name is? Jan Michael Vincent. Wah, wah. I read all your lockers. What do you think? What does he think he's gonna hear? Wait, what? What does he think? Who's gonna hear? They they respect the janitor now because he says he hears. He listens to the. He, he eavesdrops on them. He goes to their shit. I can't. They're not like working for the mob or something. What do they think he's going to hear, or like having their lockers? Uh, Judd Apatow must have weed in his locker. That's pretty fucking good. <laughs> Is aptitude per- for a perpetual motion machine? Yeah. This is hackneyed. The second. This is the second worst point of the film, after the uh, glass shattering. Yeah. And and just above. Just below the uh, dance sequence later. When they all get baked on that swag he has in his locker. Why can't the uh, principal just sit in the fucking library? Uh, make the movie a lot less interesting, I guess. Or they could have detention in his office. 
Well, there's no seats in his office, but there seems to be plenty of seats and vantage points in this library. I guess he didn't. They didn't have remote desktop invented at the time, so he can't sit in here and blog, or uh, whatever, work on his files. I like that bag she has. Looks like the one I designed for my tablet. Yeah. I still uh, have the specs for that. If I didn't feel like you were such a perfectionist, I would just bang it out, but I've never figured out how to do it right. I bet she's never had vodka in her life at this point. She probably is more into absent than smoking cloves. <laughs> unfiltered camels. Do you think John Hughes believes that uh, she is only validated by becoming an attractive or a conventionally attractive young lady at the end and that we're not possibly able to see her as a decent, well-adjusted person at this point? <clears throat> it does set a bad, pre a, uh, bad precedent. Like, it's obvious that the jock is a piece of shit until we realize that he has internal struggles. But uh -huh. she seems fine dressed in black and annoyed by these people. She. We don't need her to put on a pink dress and makeup. <clears throat> she's, not she's not improved by becoming more like Mother Ringwald. Right. There's nothing wrong with Molly Ringwald either, necessarily. But the message being that for these kids to get along, they have to be homogenized is uh, not the best part of this film. Very Hughesian. I'm sorry? It's Hughesian. I think uh oh, I just I've got it. It's eugenics. <laughs> Gross. It's frightening. I've got something for this. Eugenics. eugenics? Mm-hmm. Well, come back to me. I don't know if that one worked. It's pretty scary. Oh, by the way, eugenics, uh T M Amsterdam Houston. Copyright. Is that H? Is there a G? Or is it H E U G E N? -I no, I don't think I don't think you need the E. That would Just be confusing. H it's H -U I wish you could G H E N I C S. Doesn't the G come before the H in Hughes? Which so H? So it should be it should be <laughs> H-U-G-H-E-N-I-C. Oh, is that not Hughes. what I said? That's what I meant. I think you said H-U-H-G. I think it has a silent G, a silent H after the G. Right. That That is what I intended. That does not strip me of my copyright and trademark of the word. 
Well, now it's a collab. Now it's a, now we share the copyright because we collaborated. That's fine. That's fine. I think all work group efforts. I mean, you had are... the idea. I'm the one who actually practiced it. Uh, Prince just like a you plus. should share the patent with the person who actually Although, invented the digital picture frame. Is that a bento box? Well, I invented it. They just tweaked it a bit. They just tweaked it a bit. No one would fucking eat that in 1985 in high school. No one. She would be eating like a Lunchable, even if she is a princess. And as fond as I am of Ali Sheedy in this film, and of Prince in real life, I don't think they are a good match. Wait, who? Prince? Prince? Uh, star of Purple Rain. Is he in this? What? Why are you saying his name? She has the Purple Rain album on her uh, table there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it would be her thing. Well, she's breaking the stereotypes, I guess. She should have a... You thought she'd be listening to, like, Coil or Susie and the Banshees or something. Exactly. Joke's on you. I like that she's uh, vegan. <laughs> Her parents made her go to school with a pimento loaf and she threw it away. Because I think sugar or whatever is in pixie sticks. It's what is that? Granola charcoal. Here she's got some useless or granola coming out of her bag. Huh. On her whole grain rye bread. Those are corn pops, I think. I think for her to be perfect, she just would have sat there looking at her feet while everybody else ate lunch. You have to make her look like a savage. So that she'll be all the more redeemed by her pink dress. Ugh. I feel like, uh... Uncle Buck was probably a bit more mature than this. Uncle Buck was a pretty multi-dimensional character. I don't even if you're a jock, like he's not running marathons every day. I mean, how much how much energy could a wrestler use to be burning off like 4000 calories he eats for lunch? Well, you he know, has like a pound, a pound of chocolate chips. I mean, I don't know. High school wrestlers. That much about. I would imagine most professional wrestlers have some pretty fucked up dietary things that they do in order to uh, weigh particular amounts at particular times. Like there is this guy in my Latin class in high school. Well, I have no idea oh. what he was in there for. His name was Eugene. And the teacher called him Euganus, which was his Latin name. He was a wrestler. And on the days, I guess, before wrestling bouts or whatever, he yeah. would uh, have a cup in class with him that he was spitting into. 
And it wasn't like the people in my <laughs> drafting class who spit their chaw or dip or snuff into cups. He was just yeah. spitting in it to shed water so that when he weighed in, he would be in a lower weight class. And then I guess he would like eat pounds and pounds of pasta or something immediately after that. So he would weigh 20 pounds more again. You know what I'm saying? Does human does human metabolism work that way? And also, do they not have scales at the tournament? Like, can't they weigh him the the minute he walks into the room before he goes home to eat dinner? I got the feeling that there was something like that. That space in between the weigh in and the actual bout was a a part of the sport. Like if. <laughs> Just being good at wrestling was not good enough. You also had to be exceptional at rapid weight loss and gain. Because I think if you wanted to weigh, if you were going to fight someone, Mm -hmm. if you ate 20 pounds of pasta and then fought them an hour later, you wouldn't have like 20 more pounds of muscle, I don't think. You just have 20 pounds of meat, like, in your abdomen. I mean, 20 pounds of wheat in your abdomen. You don't become stronger. No, you don't become stronger. You're already strong, but you weigh more, so you have more mass in order to, I guess, throw moves around. I don't know how to fucking wrestle, but I would imagine that it behooves you to weigh more. So your inertia is stronger when you lunge at someone? <laughs> yeah, but you have to move as well, don't you? I don't know. I'm not making this up. Let's see what this guy eats. I even remember his name. You, you gain us. <laughs> what was that? Staged. That was not coffee. <laughs> it looks like it's fucking motor sludge. oil. It's like hard, hard particles on a sandwich. <laughs> I guess that's why he eats in there instead of in the uh, library. He doesn't want the students to see that happen. Close Saturday and Sunday. Is that really necessary to point out, considering it's at a public school? Also, it's not true. It's not open 24 hours a day. Ah, good catch. I think this is where the movie jumps the shark. When they leave that room? <laughs> when they just do start doing whatever they want to? Yeah. That's why uh, something like Cube was such an awesome movie, because they knew they never had to fucking leave the cube. Cube 2, Hypercube, she leaves the cube at the end and goes to some virtual reality warehouse that ruined everything takes a lot of balls to write a movie where that's not true either takes a lot of balls to write a movie that doesn't change setting it's like waiting for Gatto waiting for who? waiting for Gatto got it Godot. Godot. John Hughes didn't have the balls to uh keep the action all localized in the library the whole movie 
I guess it's like a sci-fi film. You don't know what it's like in the library unless you provide a counterpoint. Which is walking through the halls. I guess you have to count on the fact that everybody watching it has probably been outside of a library. That's presumptuous. Say you grew up in, like, South India. Okay. Or in, or in Goa. You've never seen anything like any of this stuff, so how would you know if it mattered whether or not they were in detention? Well, I guess you would understand that if you had never been in a library, yes, you might not understand the library, but Fake. you would imagine that everything outside of the library was exactly as you knew it, with cows walking through the streets and... Racist people doing their laundry in the river. Wouldn't the two points where the locker was where they're going both be straight lines? Why do they keep passing each other, no matter which way they go? I don't know. That would be a good work group project. Try to map out this school. Similar to Casa de Argento. Put the, put that down right now. Write it on the uh, list of fast twitches. Uh, map, Bre- Mac Bre- map breakfast. Shermer High, High School, School, along with Casa de Lesbos or whatever. No. They would trust Anthony Michael Hall in this situation. I mean, he's the brain. That's the second time someone's touched his penis in this movie. Then someone has done what? Smoke touched weed? Anthony Michael Hall's penis. Or jumped the shark. Oh, does he count? It's 12.05 according to that clock. Yes, Anthony Michael Hall counts as a person. Is this where the guy gets struck? I'll bet you Judd Nelson was a jock in high school. I'm sorry, Judd Hirsch. Uh-huh. Judd Apatow. How is it there's three people named Judd? And there's, like, no famous actors with names like James or Henry or John. Names that we think are supposed to be normal and average every day. I can't think of any. Henry Fonda? I can name more people named Hirsch or Nelson or Apatow than I can Judd. Henry, Why are there three Juds? Henry Winkler. John Stamos. Maybe I'm showing my classic Western bias, which assumes that everyone has a first and last name. That the last name is common and the first name defines who you are, but why are there more last names than there are first names? I don't know any. I don't know any two people who have the same last name. Wait, what? 
are you talking about? But I know tons of people who have the same first name. So you don't know anybody else named Nice? Or Warlock? Correct. Like, you just need the last name. Maybe I have it backwards. Did we already have this scene? Maybe you would prefer everybody just goes by a numerical designation. Like THX1138? Yeah. Copyright. Copyright Roscoe. I think they did that um, in Nazi Germany. So you might have to sue Hitler's Brazilian family, Dr. Krieger, etc., for updated rights to that. I didn't see that movie. You didn't see the movie about the Holocaust? Shoah? We have those numbers here in the United States also. Our social security yes. numbers. <clears throat> it's the uh, first sign of the apocalypse. We all get our numbers assigned by the beast. So you think everybody should just go by those? Or maybe just like everyone has four numbers or something, because I'm not going to know. What would it be? Two million people? In the United how high States? Do those numbers, how high did those numbers go? I think there are 300 million people in the United States, aren't there? Or are you talking about the population of San Diego? Or Kingman, wherever you live now? Provo? Cayman. King Kingman, Arizona. No, I was counting the how many digits how many digits are in social security numbers. So we have almost a billion. There's like one less than a billion. Are you doing a permutation? Assuming they can start with zeros. Assuming they could start with zeros. I don't know what they start with or end with, but uh yeah, rather, I'm not gonna memorize a billion numbers, but I could probably I mean I'm not gonna meet a billion people. Right. I probably know between 10 and 20 people. I can memorize 20 numbers. I call bullshit. Sorry to interrupt. I call bullshit. Is he walking on the fucking T-bar or something? What, you think that a person person can't stand on an acoustical tile? No, I don't think they can. He should be crawling across the top of the wall or on those... Yeah. Well, see, that's exactly what happens. What are the chances that he waits till he's in the library to fall through? I call bullshit. Why did he just sit in that room? Why was he dying to go back in there? And it's not like he's not going to get caught. Because he wants to pork uh, player. Oh, that's what we we wanted to get the uh, upskirt. Uh, I don't know what you were talking about. 
I think they have a, yeah, I didn't look, but there was a shot up, what's her name's skirt, fan service, they had to have that fan service shot, that's why he came back in there, fan service, John Hughes is a creep, uh, fan service is a shot usually of a lady or more probably a young girl in state of undress okay. uh, that does not advance the plot by any means. Like a shower scene or an upskirt of Andy McDowell here. He could have just hit onto the table and that'd be it. And not have a camera pointed up her dress. You don't think that advanced the plot? They could have just shown him look, her slap him. We would have got the point. They didn't need to show up her actual skirt. That was just fan service. Okay. Just to, just to titillate people like you and sell tickets. Do you think there's any reason to show nudity or anything like that in a movie? Any reason? The I reason I just maybe stated, like in, uh, I spit on your grave, so the rape scene is more believable. Is that what you're trying to say? I have not seen that film. Oh. I imagine that whole film is uh, does not advance its own plot. <laughs> No, relies on gimmicks to titillate uh, people. Murders or, as you said, rapes, I guess. That movie is about a woman who gets gang raped and then goes on a revenge spree killing all of the men who raped her. It's uh, also known by the title Day of the Woman, I think. I'd, I would believe that she'd want to kill all those guys, even if they did not show her naked. So, no, I don't know if it advances the plot. So, you, if you were writing I Spit on Your Grave, it would open with a title card that said, This woman was just raped. And then it would just commence with the murders. You don't even need to show... You don't need to tell people what happened before. If it's not in the film, it isn't relevant. The movie opens, she's shooting some guy in the head. A passerby says, why did you do that? And she said, he raped me. And that would be the end of the film. Passerby. <laughs> I've never smoked pot, but I have smelled it. There's no way the principal would not smell that, by the way. Um, the, no, the principal would not know that they're smoking pot? There's no way he would not smell that. He's not in the room. He's in the ba- He's in the basement drinking J&B out of a flask right now. Okay. It's a it's that's pretty why, That's why they waited till now to do it. Pretty small strong smell. Uh there's a scene where she seduces a man and cuts his penis off in the bathtub. I guess you could ascertain that nobody would ever do that to someone unless See, they had first been assaulted by him. They're in a closed environment. This is the third worst part of the film. Yeah. What's he dancing to? 
You can't hear the Georgia music. State. Georgia State flag A plus. Isn't this movie uh, elegiac? Is that the right term? No. We can we can hear it. He can't. Uh, I think that is. What is that? Edetic. Now he's displaying. Uh, diegetic. Diegetic. Georgia State flag A plus again. Displaying the practicalities of being a jock and eating all those cookies. Trademark. Amsterdam. He's able to uh, engage in aerobic activities. There's no way that would happen. FYI, that was uh, that glass had that safety net sandwiched in between two panes. It would not collapse upon shattering. Why would he have even put that in the movie? All of a sudden, this whole movie is not real. When a g- <laughs> yeah, it takes it out of the realm of realism when he could just yell and glass breaks. He might as well fly or have aliens walk in. If they had been doing peyote or something, like in Young Guns, it would I, be... You think that was a... Uh, the glass shattering was just what Anthony Michael Hall imagined happening? Right. Huh. If it really happened, then, like, right now, the janitor should turn into, like, a minotaur or something. Anything can happen. Well, then, that would be... That would mean that Anthony Michael Hall or one of those people was in the room with him. I would be the librarian who had to come in and sweep up the glass on Monday. (laughs) Those computers. I'm sure they don't do anything. My school didn't have computers in 1985. Maybe it did. In 85? Uh, we did. We had the Apple IIEs. We used to play Oregon Trail. Yeah, I guess it's And uh, Artillery. I was in a special class that was allowed to go use computers. Mm-hmm. Like one day a week or whatever. Uh, and we'd just write, 10, print, Roscoe. 20, go to 10, just to watch your name go on the screen all day long. <laughs> uh-huh. So we had computers for applications like that. That's funny. Uh, when I was at Georgia Tech in 1994, I also <laughs> took a class in which we learned that. <laughs> a required class, no less. Yeah. Did you take that introduction to microcomputing where you learned? Yeah, it was just a DOS. word processor. DOS and AutoSketch. Like uh, fucking I took AutoCAD into microcomputing. Existed. We had to just uh, learn a word processor, and we didn't do CAD or anything. Uh, we did. It was just basic skills. We did something called AutoSketch. We had to draw the front doors of the new architecture building. But I had learned I AutoCAD, like actual AutoCAD, in high school. So I went away to college at the top technical university in the southeast and learned a program that was even more outdated than what I learned at high school. 
Well, to be fair, you weren't in the computer lab. You were at the architecture building, which I think was somewhat behind. Yeah, but shouldn't I they remember have had an like my seat my sophomore year? My sophomore year, I uh, for like painting, I had these long paintings, watercolors I had on the wall, and I typed up some stuff mm-hmm. and printed it out on the laser printer. No big deal. And someone came up to me after it was over and asked how I did that with the with the not the painting. How I made the piece of paper with text printed on it. What? Yeah. I was like, I walked, <laughs> I typed it in Word, and hit print, and I took it off the laser printer. Had so, you like solarized it in Photoshop or something? <laughs> no. no, it was just uh, text. Huh? Text, uh, black text on white pages of various font sizes. Who asked and, you like, that, you know, Paul Bryant? That I don't remember. Billy. Uh, it was like in Georgia or Garamond or Times New Roman. It was no big deal. How did you do it? How did you get the words like that on the page? Why does it look so neat? <laughs> what are they talking about? Uh, I don't know. I think the one of the only things more annoying than people being stoned in real life is people pretending to be stoned in movies. I'll bet at least two of these people are actually on drugs right now. Really? I don't mean today. Well, that's possible. In this film, I imagine several people in the room are... Uh, wouldn't say hi, but have partaken of some drugs. Some drug. Before work. Xanax. Anthony Michael Hall is probably on human growth hormone. Hey, you should really put on a pink dress. Then I might like you. Ugh. That's the worst. I think we are more enlightened today. What's up? I said, I think we're more enlightened today. I'm probably wrong about that. Ah. I'm probably wrong. We are, but people this age, maybe not. Yeah, I think people still would probably look at her as a freak in high school. I was thinking if they made a film about teenagers today, it probably still would be the girl takes off her glasses and is now pretty or some shit like that. Oh, absolutely. Or like the nerd punches a man out. Now he is a real man. Are you talking about Back to the Future? The the nerd joins the football team. Now he is a winner. Are you talking about Lucas? Not like... Keep, keep going. The I'm, jo- I'm getting them all. The jock uh, builds a bomb in someone's locker and kills everyone in school. Now he's a hero. I don't think they make movies like that. Were you talking about Heathers? If Heathers... If if JD was a jock instead of... If one of the football players was JD instead of one of the football players. I think JD was a Hydrox Judd Nelson. What? I think he's superior. I'm walking around in a trench coat, 
did we do Heathers? I believe I've stated in the past that when Heathers came out, I would have sided with JD and thought he was awesome. But now I just roll my eyes. He starts talking about Duke Ellington or some shit. Who do you side with now, Shannon Doherty? Anyone who's 16 and listens to John Coltrane is trying too hard. <laughs> Even if they were right, they're still trying too hard at the time. See, aren't they stoned here? Or drunk? Uh, I think they're drinking. Why is a janitor there on Saturday anyway? Clean up their mess. What's the janitor cleaning up from? Friday? Just to clean up after detention? What beer is that, you see? Uh, probably Schaefer or Pabst. I saw an S. Old style. I can't tell. Old st- I it's, just told you. Oh, it's old style. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Copyright. Amsterdam Housing. I fucking told you five minutes ago it was old style, and I think they copyrighted it when they made that can. You were talking about something else, though, that just ha- you just happened to say the words old style. Did you know that Matt Groening watched this film 6,000 times in preparation for modeling Principal Skinner? <laughs> rest in rest in peace uh wait what, oh no who, it's Mrs. Krabappel rest in peace who died Mrs. Krabappel died uh one of the famous Simpsons people died the actual woman Edna Krabappel who voices Mrs. Krabappel died yes hmm. so she's also retired on the show they did not replace Right. They did not find a new voice. I don't know how they got rid of her on the show. So but I believe on the sh- on the show they have acknowledged her the real woman's death, hmm. you know. Like they showed her as an angel or something in one of the one of the episodes afterwards. I see. So she's dead on the show too. I don't know how they killed her. Is Mrs. Hoover their teacher now? Probably the kids just showed up to school after Christmas break and the principal said, sorry to inform you, but Mrs. Krabappel hung herself Christmas night <laughs> in her dang bad apartment. <laughs> That's probably how they handled it. They didn't actually show her in a car crash or catching leukemia or anything like that. All they would have had to show is the outside of her apartment building again and you would know what happened. Yeah, no Nobody fan can service live needed. In one of those and not commit suicide. No need. No need to show her hanging naked. Just show her going home with a box of wine. Show the outside of her apartment. <laughs> then mention that she's suicide has killed herself, and you understand why. I don't. Th- I, what I'm saying is, I don't think you'd even need to say it. Just never have her show up again. I think that montage. Meanwhile, that montage would speak for itself. Her going home with a box of wine, exterior of the dingbat, and then her empty desk. Yes. And with a clock in the background that says 9 a.m. Monday or whatever. Monday, 9 a.m. Monday, today, 9 (laughs) a.m. Now. (coughs) How many suicides did y'all have at your high school? Um, We just had the one. Yeah. 
My whole time in high school, there were three deaths, and they were all in one year. <laughs> and uh, two were car wrecks, one was a suicide. And the suicide was a jock. It was a football player. That should teach you something. Yeah. Le- lesson learned. Well, what? <laughs> what is the lesson? Don't be a jock. Huh? Being yeah, a jock is an unfulfilling existence. Don't live your life stereotyping people. Just because he's a jock doesn't mean that like his life is great. It's because you envy him, or he picks on you. Uh, I would never have assumed that. But by the same token, I wouldn't say just because he committed suicide meant he had any depth or like emotional you probably saw him shoving you and your friends into the locker and you thought that guy has everything going for him you didn't know that he went home and like his alcoholic father used to call him or something because Uh, when I was your age I was already quarter I was already starting quarterback on the baseball team you're just the third string bench warmer and he went and killed himself I don't think he's a better man for killing himself. So what am I supposed to learn from that? Just your assumption that everyone who's on a higher rung than you on the social scale of high school had it easy. They were probably picking on you because they had their own demons, not because you were a loser. (laughs) An objective loser. I wouldn't say that every jock is quantitatively on a higher social scale than everybody else. There's a lot of jocks who just are, you know, third string socially as well as on the team. I don't remember it that way. You don't, really? In the jock realm, I'm sure they had their own stratification. But to the outsiders, anyone who was any level of a jock would have been superior to anyone who Hmm. was on the, what, chess club or Latin club. On the magazine, lit, literary and art magazine staff. Uh huh. Not know that. about that. <clears throat> you sound like John Hughes. No, I just remember when there would when there would be some when there would be some kind of event like a basketball team. Everyone in the town would go to that. Whenever we had our literary and art magazine production, no one's parents came to watch. I. I meant they, not our, because I wasn't on the magazine staff. Neither was I. They had their (laughs) mag. But everybody in the town was coming to see the good basketball players. They weren't coming to see the one who had (laughs) bitch tits and just sat (laughs) sat at the end of the bench sweating and never got to touch the ball. Just because he was on the team does not mean that everyone in the town respected him. No, I, I'm saying it's, it is still, even though he was the lowest of that class, they would see him in the jacket or the shirt, whatever. That's why they have those jackets and shirts outside and put him higher than the guy walking around in the skinny puppies t-shirt. Hmm. And certainly, me, I would have hated every single one of them, regardless of who was on what bench or whatever. Yeah. I don't know who was on which one. 
to this day and at the time. I just knew I hated anyone who had one of those jackets. I think you're conflating the two. I think, rightfully, everybody on the team should be hated, but not rightfully everyone on the team is respected. I think everyone, you are right to hate everyone on the team, but everyone outside of you does not rightfully respect everyone on the team. Because that loser, down on the bench, they probably see as diminishing the office of the huh. basketball player or whatever. I'm sure I'm sure that the the basketball team's quarterback, I'm sure his dad knew that like the whatever uh <laughs> bench war, bench warmer running back was lower than his own sons. He probably uh-huh. didn't like that guy as much. But he still if were he was to get a, give a ride home would not give the skinny puppies guy a ride home, but he might give the loser of the team a ride home. I see. Or he wouldn't buy beer for you, but he might for the worst basketballer. Hmm. I think I'm contradicting previous tweaks where I claim to be captain of the football team, etc. Well, it just maybe you're not. It's just proving that you have inside <laughs> knowledge about your dad coming to be... give a ride home to the fat kid. I could be in character now. Just playing a role. I'm just playing the role of Anthony Michael Hall, whatever he's crying about now. Getting a B or something. He tried to kill himself because he got a B. To yeah, me, we had our suicide. We had our suicide guy. He was. He was the Anthony Michael Hall of the of the group. But oh, no really? one knows why. I have no idea why. Hmm. I'm sure his stepmom I'm sure his stepmom does. Uh that could have been some, you know chemical imbalance, maybe something where he did not feel validated by his place, but he seemed like an average person. By what method did he kill himself. We understood that he hung himself with a belt mm-hmm. while like his family had just left the house to like go to Kroger or something just for a uh-huh. few minutes. Jesus. And he did it around Christmas. I don't know if it was over Christmas break. Might have come back from Christmas break and he had done it. Uh but I might be confusing that with another story where a teacher's house burned down over Christmas break, like on Christmas Day. The like tree caught the house on fire, hmm. and it burned their car down. Burned their car up was part of the story. Cars in the garage. Wait, did they die too? No, they just ran outside and watched the house burn Christmas morning. Wasn't there a? Uh, wasn't there also a murder? One day the principal came on the radio or on the intercom and said, I'd like to make an announcement. (laughs) Dan Jones died today (laughs) in a car wreck on, you know, Georgia 400, this off-ramp, whatever. And then he went away and everyone's like, holy shit. Is that the guy you murdered? Dan is dead. And then he comes back on five minutes later. I'd just like to clarify, (laughs) that was uh, Dan Jones the third... Dan Jones IV is alive and well in the fourth period. <laughs> but uh, after, 
this isn't that impressive. I don't understand why this is considered a skill or a talent. I guess because she's so flat-chested that everybody's amazed that she's able to hold it there. If she, well, She's not. She's using her arms. Oh, she was? Yeah, she's like squeezing herself together. I mean... She didn't put it, it on just, very evenly. If it just hovered there, maybe. But she cheated, definitely. She's basically holding it with her elbows. Isn't it pronounced hover? Ho- hover hands? <clears throat> it's just hovering in place. Ho- hover? It's just, you might as well just use your elbows to hold the lipstick. Jed Hirsch could do it. Why even have the principal in the film at this point? Yeah. It's been like six hours since she's checked on him. He doesn't give a shit anymore. Now that he's got his old style cracked open in the basement. I don't remember this much antagonism in school. Yeah, because this is a... I mean, look how much rage is between these two while they're speaking. Even, like, the people I hated the most. Jason Santani, maybe. If I had to talk to him, it would just be awkward or whatever. We uh, wouldn't be, like, you know, snarling, gnashing our teeth at each other while we talked about lipstick or whatever they're doing. No one really cared that much about anything. You also weren't stoned. When you're probably <laughs> 15 or whoever they are. your emotional state. I don't even know what we would have argued about in 85. Or whatever age I would have, whatever year it would have been when I'm the age they're supposed to be. I guess 90 or 91. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, well, I don't know how old they're supposed to be here. Uh, I think they're probably a variety of ages. If no one's driving. Comes across as a freshman. Judge Hirsch looks older than I am now. I look at him <laughs> as an adult. He looks like an adult to me here. Yeah. He walked. I hope that Ali Sheedy is 18 in this film and in real life in 85. Why is that? Afraid to check. This guy looks like he's 12. Is this before or after 16 Candles? After, after? isn't it? Yeah, like a year after. So, Anthony and uh, Molly already know each other intimately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's before Dutch, starring Ed O'Neill. <laughs> I have not seen that. I think it's the only time anyone's ever said starring Ed O'Neill. What about Married with Children? He's been, he's been featured in many things, but I don't know about starring. You think Christina Applegate was the star of Married with Children? This seems kind of like a lull. At the time, she was probably the star. Not anymore. Uh, What was the 
the boy's name? David Faustino. David Faustino. Bud. Bud was his stage name. He committed suicide. Why are they crying? Not surprising. I can safely say I did not cry a single day throughout high school. You didn't? Not in, during not during class school. hours or huh. not during detention. Certainly every morning before going to class, <laughs> before getting on the bus. But I can't before, think of anything another student another student would tell me that would have made me cry. Before Jeff Hansen picked you up for school. Uh no, I was on the bus even until like senior year. Jeez. I didn't have rides to and from school. Sometimes when I had to work at the Winn Dixie, I would ride to Jeff's house, change clothes in his bathroom, then go to Winn Dixie. Huh. Uh because he also worked there. But if he did not work that day, he would not take me to his house or to Winn-Dixie. Even though it was maybe 50 yards, that was a big deal back then to give people rides or whatever. Yeah. Oh, he might not do it today. If he was on the tweak, I would ask him, would you give me a ride 50 yards down the street today? He might still say no, but... Back then, I think it was a big deal to have to drive someone someplace, even if you were going there. A thing I didn't experience again after high school until I was in graduate school when uh, Gay Josh said he wanted gas money to go yes. to uh, <laughs> to go to the computer store. Uh, to be fair, now to. that you think about it, that fucking fries or whatever it was was probably 60 miles away. Yeah, he was also like 35 years old and he walked into the trailer and said, does anyone want to go to Fry's? I said, okay. <laughs> so I get in the car. Halfway there, he stopped. Halfway, after, halfway there, he stops and says, now I need some gas money. And he was nice. 35. And it wasn't my idea to go there. I think he was that old, was he? Anybody, anybody want the rest of this soda? Yeah, I'll take it. Okay, that's going to be $10. <laughs> so that's why I found it shocking and somewhat unfair. I assume that guy was younger than you. Is he still crying? Yeah, everybody's still crying. This this scene, although I haven't listened to a word of it, has gone on for an unbelievably long time. It seems like he's been laying there for 20 minutes. Where's the principal? Yeah, they have. Is he just drunk in the basement? Let me check on my slider, Netflix slider thing. and We got 12 minutes left. They've been sitting there in front of these fucking railings for, let's see, this scene started at, I'm afraid to press a slider. What was in that dope? Scene started at one hour and six minutes. Where are we now? One twenty-four forty-eight. Okay. So, it's has gone on for about twenty minutes, eight eighteen minutes. At whatever the number is, the answer is whatever the quantitative time, as you would say, is the qualitative time is too long. 
Yeah. The people in my writer's salon would call this a pacing flaw. I wonder if it seems less long if you're listening to the dialogue instead of looking at Anthony Michael Hall in silence for 20 minutes. Probably. We still have... It's, we got 11 minutes left. We still have to watch uh, Ali Sheedy get tarted up. Yeah. And what's-his-face give an earring to Ali, to Claire or vice versa. We should watch uh, My Dinner with Andre without the sound on and see how long that feels. <laughs> you want to do a double feature? I have that on DVD here. You uh, have it available? Um, I don't know that I have access to it right here. This is a short. This is a short one. Wait, how long are we doing on Tweak so far? Two hours. Judd Nelson, Apatow, whatever, has a short sleeve button-up shirt on, like Chris Cooper. Where where is he now? I think what I'm saying is, like, the last... Who? He's on that statue. Anthony Michael Hall was just in the a other room guy's in the media room. With a stereo access. Get off that Henry Moore sculpture. He's, like, in the media room. Where I... Yeah. Nice. Did people dance like that? Uh, in the 80s, I think that was the way people were... Everybody started dancing like that after Molly Ringwald did. She's the only one who seems to be actually dancing. Everyone else is just thrashing their head or whatever randomly. Without the music could be any song. It probably is. They weren't actually listening to this. Yeah, air guitar is, guitar is not guitar a form of dancing. I think this is what I said was the third worst point of the film. With the three guys the dance mon any dance Doing montage. Whatever the Pee Wee yeah. Herman dance on the railing. I guess you don't know what that is since you haven't seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I think it's pronounced Big Top. It's pronounced Big Pee Wee's Big Adventure is pronounced Big Top Pee Wee. After six hours he realizes he's supposed to be in that room, which <laughs> means the other guy didn't look in that room. <laughs> All this time. We got nine minutes left. And they still haven't painted up Alishidi. Maybe I have like the director's cut where they realize that was a mistake. Yeah. Look, he can't even bear he can't even bear to look at her because she has black hair and <laughs> uh, a black sweater and no rouge. Anthony Michael Hall's trying to buy a pair of her panties from her. Uh, also, even though there's whatever, they were opposites and not friends when they came in, now, like, one one girl's going to date Judd Nelson, one guy's going to date Ali Sheedy, but the nerd, the brain, is still like a pariah, an outcast. No one pairs up with him. Yeah. And he goes more on eugenic. to commit suicide in your high school. It's just more eugenics. It is. 
they're driving him to yeah, hang himself the, with a belt the second that his parents go to Trader Joe's for the I'm night. Just saying that, I'm just saying there's a limit. There's a limit to understanding where John Hughes is concerned. Oh, so you're saying yeah, well, that it would strain credulity to have anyone like Anthony Michael Hall under yes. any circumstances? Both in film, I mean, in real life, and he's reinforcing it in film. Yes. It just validated people's hatred for the brain when they went to see this film and all the lessons by the students are learned and he still loved her eye. It validated their feelings and they went back to school on Monday. Uh, I was right. It's okay to, to pick on nerd. It's okay to pick on the brain or on the nerd, on the suicider. Yeah. He doesn't pass the the eugenics quotient. Like if there was a chart that uh-huh. had all of the quote lower races in the <laughs> eyes of John Hughes, uh-huh. it would have mongoloids, uh, retards. Oh God! The brain and basket cases. Where did that purple? Where did that pink tank top even come from? I don't know. I think Claire had it in her purse or something. Uh, yeah, I guess some some typologies are able to be redeemed. Like the basket case is a Wrong. wardrobe malfunction, but the nerd is beyond redemption. He's a nerd to his core. It's in his blood. Yeah, it's in his genes. He doesn't have the eugenics pumping through his system. I never kissed anyone in high school, but somehow I don't think people in high school would start by kissing someone on the neck. Wouldn't you just instinctively kiss someone on the mouth? She didn't want to leave hickeys where his dad would see him. She wanted it below the collar line. I don't think you can give someone a hickey on their mouth. I'll take your word for it. Maybe he has halitosis. She went in to kiss him on the mouth and then diverted to his neck. <laughs> he said he had herpes right in the previous scene. <laughs> I never uh, dated anyone in high school. Right. It actually isn't true. I dated a lot of people. But for the sake of the story, I never dated anyone in high school. If I did, it would have been Ali Sheedy. And I also would have broken up with her if she came to school looking like that the next day. Right. Unless it was a joke. She might have been doing I haven't it dated to anyone in the, make fun of Claire. I haven't dated dated anyone in the past 30 years here in San Diego, but mm-hmm. if I did, they would look like Ali Sheedy, and I would still break up with them if they came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Omni Magazine shirt, never call it before. It's a good touch, nice touch. Omni was like the, uh, quote, science magazine published right. by Bob Guccione. <laughs> it was. It was all. I realized that. It was whoever published uh, Penthouse, but it was all yeah. pseudoscience. Is that John Hughes driving the car? Edward James Olmos is her dad. Who's dad? Ali Sheedy's dad? Yeah. What a bunch of shit. He should have been ashamed of himself.
Now the dad's going to be proud of him. Nice job, son. <laughs> of course, he probably thinks he probably thinks it's more gay to date women. A real man would date other wrestlers in his dad's eyes. <laughs> this is where we need Deshaun Warlock to let us view characters from the you know, the bully, the side of the bullies, the winners. Yes, the winner. I wouldn't say he's a bully. I, he's he's definitely a winner, though. I think, I mean, I think it was a mistake for Ali Sheedy, for the basket case, to change just to be accepted by the jock. I think it's wrong. Yes. The wrong message. But from other points of view, from like Deshaun's point of view, he probably doesn't see the problem. Makes sense to him. So you, you think he subscribes to, to the winners win by whatever means necessary? You must adapt to win. I don't know if you have the same complaints as I do about her changing. But I'll bet the majority don't see why it's a problem. Well, you should know as the person who coined eugenics that of course I have a problem with it. Why can't a truck drive through at the screen and crush Judd Hirsch right now? Drive through the screen? Oh, you mean before he throws his fist in uh, the air? Or drive across the field, not the screen. The basketball field. It's it's funny nice. this song. While you think it is a awesome song, while it plays, if you ever try to listen to it outside the context of this film, you have no care for it. I think it's okay to say when I was quoting. I'm gonna leave that one in. Quoting the chart of the races. Yeah, the kind of thing that uh, John Hughes, a term he would use. Much like any time I said the word, quote, quote, in this tweak, it was always quoting John Hughes because he thinks that term is okay. So I only got three things to bleep. And one of them is my own name. I would say that uh, this might be one of our most successful tweaks at shattering childhood myths. People probably look back at this movie fondly, feel like they might could relate to things in it, identify with situations, sympathize with characters. But now anyone who has listened to this, either if they still feel that way, realize that they are a eugenicist, i.e. <laughs> a Nazi, or that they were wrong and now uh, are a better person for realizing it. It doesn't ruin my viewing of it like we did with uh, think... Suspiria. Yeah, that's what I was going to reflect on. You broke up a little bit, but I guess your end is probably okay. That childhood um, myth that we shattered was that Suspiria was a good movie. We shattered the myth yeah. that it was a good movie, and now we realize that it's a joke. Is it okay to look up stuff on the web now that the movie is over? 
I guess as long as you stop recording. Yeah, the Are you going to look up whether someone has used the term hugenics? <laughs> I would know I was uh, registering that domain. I was registering the domain <laughs> for myself before you registered it. Oh, hugenics.com. Okay. Uh, no, I was saying who played the janitor, but it is not the guy I thought it was. Ben Sherman. I don't, well, I don't, the guy who I thought it was, I don't know what his name is either. But it's not that. It's name <laughs> well, then how do you know it's life. not the guy you thought it was? I don't know what his name is. It's not the other guy who I didn't know who he was. John Kapalos. Hmm. Who was in a bunch of other films I've never seen and has not been in the films I have seen. Hmm. The guy I'm thinking of was on The Wire as like one of the Greek gangsters. He was in Deadwood. No, wait. He was not in Deadwood. He was in John from Cincinnati. Hmm. One of the Deadwood alumni shows. Oh, he was on uh, PD. John or uh, Van or John something J O N something. I don't know. It's definitely not. I mean, his name is Ben. Ben something. It's definitely not John Kapalos. Which, by the way, I know more people named Kapalos than I do named John. That's the point mm-hmm. I was trying to make. Okay. I know three Juds. I know zero Apatows. So it seems to me that Apatow should be the first name and Jud the last name. That's how it is in China. Yeah, but they read right to left. They go. They by read their right to left, so name. it actually does not work that way. It works the same as it does for us because we le- we we read left to right. If I'm reading right to left now, Kapalos comes before John. Hmm. Knight forever and Shank Donald detective and club breakfast. Yeah, but you don't. The in read Carl. They actually gave the janitor a last name in that. I wonder why. Why give any of them last names? I guess it helped him flesh out his character a bit more. He knew his cultural heritage. <clears throat> of course, why give any of them first names except for uh, Claire? Yeah. Jock. Basket case. Nerd. Principal. What was Emilio Estevez's name? I have no idea. The guy that Varsity eats letter. a pound of chocolate chip cookies because he's an athlete? Because, he, I guess, that morning he had done his weigh-in and he had a bout that night. So he had to gain 20 pounds of cookie dough in order to pin somebody. I don't think you could lose... I mean, how much spit could you... How much could that weigh? I mean, did he fill... Did he fill the cup and have to pour it out? It was like pouring out a bottle of water? (laughs) I know the guys who were spitting dip in the cups in my drafting class would pour it out. They would spit so much into it. It It's like your body only has so much. Or they would leave it on my desk. When we were on tour Uh, back in the 90s, uh-huh. Uh they played a show in Columbus where apparently dipping was like a thing that the kids did in the scene. Yeah. 
all these punk kids were walking around with Coke cans, and there was this girl that had one the whole time, and she kept like, I thought she was sipping it, and I was like, when the fuck is she going to finish that Coke? How could she be <laughs> sipping it? And I realized later she was spitting dip into a Coke can, oh. and all the kids there did that. That's weird. Including the ex-skinhead who booked the show. Like, I guess he was a skinhead before emo hit, then he wanted to be an emo kid. So he still had this, like, tattoo of a skinhead planting, like, the skinhead flag on the moon <laughs> uh, on his arm. But he was in, you know, he had bleached hair and a headband and uh, chokers, 100 chokers and uh, thick glasses, giant pants. Nice. A huge primary color shirt. Probably said embrace or split lip on it. So, uh, what's next? Are we doing another one right now? I'm okay uh, not doing or another eugenics. one. We can do it. I'm sorry? I said I'm okay not doing another one. I think I think I've peaked. I know whatever you're doing, you're doing it on I'm purpose, but I'll tell you now it's not working. I I don't know what you're talking about. But the noise you were trying to make. Uh, I do need to. I'm not trying to make a noise on purpose. I'm just getting out of my chair because if I keep sitting like that, I'm going to shit in my pants. So I probably need to clock out. Is that a suitable finale for the tweet? Yeah, thanks for joining us, Tweet Cards. Hello. Um, please. Yeah, I'm here. I seriously need. I seriously need to get off. Bye, everyone. Join us next week for uh, Wild Hogs, starring John Travolta and Martin Lawrence. You have been listening to Film Creakers. Please visit on the web at filmtweakers.com to hear more movies getting tweaked. You can also find us on iTunes as well as at twitter.com slash filmtweakers. Send us an email or tweet us a tweet if you'd like to tweak our performance or to suggest the next film. <laughs>